Thank you. Very true as well. Only God can do these things. Praise the Lord. Well, with your Bible open, please, at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I direct your attention to this verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. And here's the words. So run that ye may obtain. So we're going to be looking a little bit about that, that concept today. We'll begin with word of prayer. Then I have a picture to show you. Our loving Heavenly Father, we pause and ask once again that you would move a mountain in our hearts, move away a mountain of doubt, move away a mountain of sin, move away anything and everything that would hinder living our lives for you. Please increase our faith. Please give us faith. Please help us to see by faith and to live by faith and to walk by faith and to please you in all that we do and say. Lord, undertake for us now as we talk about reaching our full potential. Help us, Heavenly Father, to achieve something today. Please keep your hedge of protection around us. Help us to listen, focus, zero in. Help us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Do we have that that picture? Put that picture up for us. There we are. How many know what we would call this? A race. Right. And these uh, young guys, I think, are in some kind of marathon sort of race. How many here have ever been in a, a race? Raise your hand. Now, that, I don't think that's enough hands. Boy, you know, I didn't specify what kind of race. Could be a race on Christmas morning, you know, to your get down and see what Santa left you. Oh, cringe. <laughs> that word Santa. Anyhow, this is some sort of marathon, and you can see that uh, the wind is blowing in some of their hairdos here. Um... Do you think they're, uh, they're reaching their full potential in the race? What do you think? Does it sort of look like that? Yeah? Some of you aren't shaking your head one way or the other. Well, they seem to be. They don't ex- look to be absolutely exhausted, so it's probably not near the end of the race yet. Now, um, I want you to look at something interesting. Look at this guy's leg. Can you see that? Looks like he's very muscular, right? Got a lot of muscles on that leg. Or maybe he just hasn't been eating very much and the muscles are showing through, but I think he's a muscular kind of a guy. Um, let's see, this fellow here, in the, behind here, this guy, he seems to also have some muscles there on his leg. But look at this fellow over here, or this guy's leg. They don't look very muscular, do they? And yet, are they keeping up? They seem to be at this point. We're only just sort of speculating, we're talking, but if this fella has a stronger set of legs than this fella, why isn't this guy out front? Is is he reaching his full potential? 
And this fellow here, if he doesn't have very strong legs, he looks to be actually in front of this fellow. If you kind of look down here, it looks to be this guy is maybe in front of this fellow. So, all it is is just in interesting talk. That's all we're talking about. But can you imagine if these guys here were just sort of uh, lazy, it was a race, there was a finish line, there was a prize, and the guys were just kind of, uh, you know, doing their, I don't know, if I even really want to be in this race. And you're a spectator maybe watching it. Ooh, that wouldn't be a very exciting race, would it? Watch all of these runners in the race just kind of looking at each other, put their hands in their pocket maybe, walk a little, run a little, sit down for a while, you know, drink a soda pop or something, get up, run some more in the race maybe. You'd say, wow, that's a pretty weird race. They don't seem to be reaching their full potential. In a race, I think that's the idea. Do you want to reach your full potential? That's sort of the idea, isn't it? There's different kinds of races. There's the marathon. How many miles long is a marathon? I think I heard about four different answers there. 26. 26 miles. And uh, there's a reason for that. It goes back to a war that happened in, uh, with, with Greece. And the runner had to run 26 miles to get the news to Athens. And that's why they called the race uh, the marathon. Uh, in fact, the name Marathon, I believe, was uh, where the guy started from. Maybe some of you can correct me on that afterwards, but the name Marathon was back there. Anyhow, it was 26 miles to get to where he was going. If you're going to run 26 miles, it's a different kind of race than the 50-yard dash, right? The 50-yard dash, as soon as they say go, you're, you just explode. You know, you're, you're, you're there ready and ready, and you know the veins are standing out on on your neck, everything is just ready for that bang of the gun and you're off. That's the 50-yard dash because you're not going very far. But 26-mile marathon, you have to pace yourself. But in pacing yourself, you're still reaching your full potential. And so we want to talk about that in terms of us Christians. Now, I don't want to talk about running a race like this. You can put that away. Send those guys to the finish line. There we are. For us, the finish line, I think, is going to be heaven. We are in a race. And it starts when you get saved, and it's going to be over when you get home to heaven. Be it through the kindly hand of death, or the coming of our Lord Jesus. You're going to get to heaven. One way or another, sooner or later, you're going to be in heaven. And the race is going to be over. The race only lasts as long as you're breathing here on this earth. That's it. Then the race is over. Will you have reached your full potential as a Christian? These runners here, they all run, but one wins. One just manages to inch past the other because maybe he had a little bit more potential than the other. I don't know. But the idea is we're in a race are we going to reach our full potential for Christ before we get home? Now with us, it's not like one winner and winner take all. It's not that. But every one of us can be a winner. You can be a Christian in bad health and you can be a winner. You can be a Christian dirt poor and you can be a winner. 
You can be a new Christian and be a winner. An old Christian and be a winner. It doesn't matter the amount of money, the amount of health, the amount of uh, popularity you have. None of these things can hold you back from being a winner, reaching your full potential for Christ. Remember the story of Jesus, he, how he talked of the, uh, the uh, when he stood near the treasury and watched how people threw money into the offering box. And there came all these uh, rich guys and uh, they opened up their big fat purses and they, they took out maybe a handful of coins and they threw it in there. And they had all this money left in their purse. And one after the other, they came and threw in handfuls of money. And then came a widow lady. And she reached in and she took her whole livelihood. It was two mites which make a farthing. A farthing is a quarter of a penny. Now we don't use those, um, those amounts of money here in Canada. In fact, we're not even wanting pennies anymore, are we? They don't make them anymore. They'll still accept them, but they're not making them anymore. And so uh, we would take a penny. You know, that's the smallest we've got. And put that in. But you see, that was all she had. And Jesus commented how she gave more than the rich dudes gave. Because she gave all she had. She gave by faith. She gave out of a heart of love for God. Now that is not a sermon for you to give everything you've got in the offering today. That's not what it means. Not what it means at all. But just the fact that here was this lady who was poor and she was a winner more than those fat cats that had so much. And they just gave a little bit out of all they had. She gave everything, even though it was only a tiny bit. And it made her the winner. And the Lord pointed that out to the disciples and for our benefit as well. So we want to talk about reaching our full potential. If you and I are going to reach our full potential for Christ, it's it has to involve missions. It must. Because that is the, the order of the day. That's the great commission given to every Christian and to every uh, church filled with Christians is the great commission. There are many things in life we may never achieve. Maybe you have a dream of being able to play the piano and the best you can do is chopsticks with two fingers. You may never be a, a wonderful piano player you may have a dream of being able to sing beautifully like maybe some of the, the choir sings or special music here in the church and you may never achieve that in this life. But these aren't the things that are going to make or break you as a Christian. Your full potential is what the Lord's looking for. He's not looking for uh, a, a symphony quality. He's not looking for you to become uh, ultra-rich He's looking for you to do everything that He's called you to do. If you will do everything He's called you to do, you can reach your full potential. That is absolutely true. God is wanting us, as a father, He is wanting us, His children, to reach our full potential for Him. God will bless you with certain gifts and abilities, and you're to make full proof of your ministry. You're to make uh, full use of everything that He's given you. And not to leave things idly by. Some people who uh, struggle with um, uh, trying to stay out of debt say they're trying to get out of debt. 
and they may not realize that they have things in their home they can sell that'll help them to get out of debt. They may not realize that they may have some talents that they can put to good use uh, on the weekends maybe or after hours in which they can make extra money to help them get out of debt. There's unexplored possibilities in their lives. You see? And likewise, the devil doesn't want us to reach our full potential. Boy, that's the last thing he wants. He wants us to stay weak and to stay defeated. That's the devil's idea. We're told here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, So run that ye may obtain. If you were to ask me what I thought the very best outcome for Grace Baptist Church would be, I would have to say that we could all reach our full potential. Not just as a church as a whole, but individuals within the church. That's what makes up the church. And if we could all reach our full potential, I believe that would be the ultimate goal. And that we could bring the most glory to God. And if we're going to reach our full potential, it must involve missions, faith promise missions. Because God has commanded us. We got the great commission given to every one of us by Jesus Christ. You'll, you'll need to be involved with worldwide soul winning through missionaries. And the best way we've ever found of doing that is faith promise missions. That's the method we use to support missionaries. <coughs> If you're unfamiliar with faith promise, it's simply this. That we spend some time with God, each of us, and we ask, Lord, what wouldst thou have me to do? What do you want me to do in the way of giving in order to help support missionaries? And God will lay a certain amount on your heart. And by faith, you give that. Be it every week, every month, or a one-time gift for the whole year. But whatever you honestly feel God has laid on your heart, you do that, you do it by faith, you make a promise to God, and you say, God, I promise you I will do this. And then you follow through with your promise. On these cards here we, uh, that we give you, there's a place where you can check off an amount or you can write in a different amount. And then you indicate whether this amount is going to be done every week or every two weeks or every month or if it's a one-time offering for missions. You indicate that on the card. And then you hand the card in. No place for your signature on there. We don't want you to put your name on there. But think about it. Jesus gave his all for you. How can we possibly render anything less back to him? If you're here today and you claim to be saved, you claim to be part of God's family, you claim to be a Christian man or woman, Boy, that's, a, that's a, a great thing to be, is to be saved and part of God's family. Because only a small percentage of the entire world's population seems to end up getting saved. The rest just don't see it or they don't want it. But if you're here today and you're saved, you're born again, you know you are, you know you're part of God's family, then you know that Christ gave you his everything. Everything he had, he sacrificed on the cross for you. So how in the world can we possibly just turn back and give him a tiny little bit and think that we've reached our full potential. How can we possibly think that? He gave his all for us. How can we do any less? We need to give our all for him. We need to reach our full potential as Christians for the honor and glory of God. Now, reaching our full potential as a church is going to require that all of us 
get on board. You know what they say at the train as, as it's pulling out, you know, just about to pull out, and the conductor calls out, all aboard, all aboard. Or sometimes, you know, the, the, the ship is about to leave, you know, and the, the horn is sounding, whatever, all aboard. I'm not sure they do much of that now. They sure used to. And that was a last call for people to get on board. And so, if you're not on board, you need to get on board. You, you need to be involved somehow with worldwide soul winning, and that's called missions. And we do that through faith promise missions. And it has pleased God to bless the individuals who get involved. You get involved, you can expect God to bless you in many ways. And we've seen, as a church family, many blessings of God that we never would have seen any other way. I believe that you're sitting in a very comfortable, beautiful facility that God has provided. And we'd all say amen to that. Well, how did we get it? It started when we were in the previous facility, which was half this size, and we increased our faith and took on more missionaries. And then, at the right time, it pleased God to open this door for us. Now we're filling up this building and uh, oftentimes I think that we have people who come and don't come back because it's too full. We need a bigger building. We're asking God for a bigger building. So what are we doing to get it? Well, a big chunk of what we're doing is we're honoring God by supporting his missionaries. Those missionaries are heroes. How many of, how many of us here today would be willing to just quit our job, go on the deputation trail, raise support and go off to some far off country and preach the gospel and get people saved and start churches. How many of us would be willing to do that? Well, a few of us maybe, but certainly not the majority of us. Now, I'm not trying to shame anyone or make you feel bad. It's very likely God hasn't called you to do that. He hasn't called you to do that. But what he has called you to do is support those who are going under his call. If you yourself can't go, you ought to support others who can. That makes sense. And we all need to get on board with, with the idea of missions. And it's amazing, you know, as you do this year after year, how your faith grows. With my wife and I, every year we've increased our missionary giving. Every year. We're not made of money. We're just ordinary people. We live by faith like most of you. And yet we've found that God enables us to be able to do a little more each year, a little more each year, a little more each year. We're at a level now that we never thought we'd reach. How did you do it? By faith, that's how. We didn't win the lotto. We don't believe in that stuff. We have something better. We have a Father in Heaven who's loaded. And He's promised to meet our every need. And that promise in Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, is only given, if, if you examine the context, it's only given to the Christians who are involved in faith promise, in supporting missionaries. That promise in Philippians 4.19 cannot be claimed by anyone who's not involved with sending the gospel around the world. That's the whole context of that promise. We looked at that a couple of weeks ago. Now, it seems that many Christians, uh, many churches, let's say this, that many churches don't get involved with missions the way they could or the way they should. You say, why is that? Well, there's probably several reasons. 
The first reason is that maybe they've never heard of faith promise missions. I'll tell you something, folks. When I got saved in 1975 with the little church I was involved in, I never heard teaching and preaching on missions. Then I changed churches to a, what I thought was a better Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, and I was with them for a couple of years. I still didn't hear much in the way of missions. I heard about missionaries, but I never heard much in the way of teaching and preaching and these truths on missions. Then I went off to Bible college in 1978. In Bible college, I was exposed to a few missionaries, but I never heard teaching and preaching on missions and the necessity and what it'll do for you. And when I graduated and started a church in 1981, consequently, I wasn't big on missions. We spent 18 years at our last church in Ottawa. And to my shame, we only ever took on two missionaries. The first one had to be called back off the field because of immorality. The second one left the field because of immorality. I mean, we just struck out. I had zero good experience on missions. It wasn't until God moved us out here 20 years ago that God began to open my eyes as a pastor to see what I'd been missing. Wow, I wish I'd learned these truths 40 years ago. Boy, I, I, it would just change my life. The, the truths out of the scriptures on what God will do for a church and for a Christian who will get involved with faith promise. And so it's quite likely that if there's a church that's not involved or hardly involved with missions, it's because they've never really heard of faith promise. It's also possible that um, another reason why maybe an individual Christian might not be involved with faith promise missions might simply be because they're carnal minded. Now, if you turn back a couple pages, you're in 1 Corinthians 9, go back to chapter 3 and you can see what I'm getting at here. 1 Corinthians 3, and Paul wrote, verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Now the word carnal means worldly or fleshly, even as unto babes in Christ. If you're here today and you're saved, but you tend to be more worldly minded, you say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? I mean that your job means more to you than the call of God on your life. That it means more to you to get up in the morning and get out the door to your work than to get up in the morning and get into your prayer closet with Jesus. If these things mean more to you, if sports on the weekends means more to you than your church attendance, my friend, you're carnally minded. And you're a babe in Christ. Paul goes on to say, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to hear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Now there's no filling of the Holy Spirit here in verse 3 at all, is there? Think of your, your family, your relationship with your mom and dad, your brother and sister, or your husband or your wife. Think of your family. Is there envy? Is there strife? Is there division? That's carnal. We're walking as men, not as Christ. Interesting thought, isn't it? So quite likely, another very valid reason as to why some Christians may not be involved with getting the gospel around the world is simply 
because they're carnal. Um, we don't have the time to look at all of the scriptures, but let me just throw these reasons out to you. Another reason would be that some Christians may just simply be backslidden. They've been walking with the Lord. They've been close to the Lord, living with the Lord, breathing heaven's air, but something happened. They got turned a bit. They got their eyes off the Lord, and then they started to backslide and backslide and backslide. And now they're not doing anything for the Lord. Maybe they don't even go to church anymore. Don't read their Bible. Don't pray. They sure don't say, all there is of me, Lord, all there is of me. Time, talents, treasures, here I lay. They don't sing that or pray that. Why? They're backslidden. Something's happened. Another reason, perhaps, is that um, there's a lack of faith. Hebrews 11.6 says that for, without faith, it is impossible to please him. And so, missions time comes, they look at their piggy bank and they say, well, I've got to pay this and I have to pay that and I've got to pay this and that and really there's not a le enough left over so I can't get involved with missions. That's not what faith promise is. Faith promise is not what's in your piggy bank. Faith promise is what's in God's piggy bank. And then you're asking God to give it to you so you can give it back to Him. That's faith promise. It takes faith to do that. We're in the midst of trying to raise a million dollars. We've never done that before. And we're using the same principle. We're asking God to give us money we don't have so that we can turn around and give it back to him in the form of the building fund so that we will be ready. We will have money for when our opportunity comes. Some of you are doing that. I've heard stories back. You tell me, Pastor, it came out of the blue. It's amazing. That's exactly the God we, we love and serve. Because remember, only God can move a mountain. Right? Uh, another reason is that uh, someone might say, well, I could only give a little bit and that doesn't really amount to much, so I may as well not even give it. Well, tell that to the little boy with, you know, his five loaves and two fish. You remember that in John chapter 6? You remember that story? Who has some food here? And the boy says, well, I just have a lunch. It's not going to do anyone any good, just me, so I, I'm not even going to give it. But that little boy was willing to give it. And then what did Jesus do? He took it and blessed it and he fed 5,000 hungry men with it, plus women, plus children. You give your little, because little is much when God is in it. There's other reasons, I suppose, why Christians aren't involved with faith promise. But listen, if you're here today and you're not involved with supporting missions and getting missionaries around the world, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's like tithing. I'll tell you something. Some people say, I can't afford to tithe. Maybe you've once said that. I'll tell you the truth. I can't afford not to tithe. If I stopped my tithing, I would close up the windows of heaven. I wouldn't get the blessings of God to be able to live the lifestyle that I have. I'm sure that you're comfortable in your lifestyle. Imagine if all of a sudden it were taken away. You know that tithing opens the windows of heaven and pours you out a blessing in many different ways. Not just financially. But in many ways, things that should have broken down years ago, they're still working for you. That, that car still doesn't need any, any replacing or any major repair. That's one way that God blesses. Not always, but that's one way. We've got a fridge at home in the kitchen. That thing should have died about six years ago. That's still living. And it's not on life support either. It's still breathing and talks to us. And it's, it's real nice. It's a great fridge. 
fridges are not cheap. Have you ever bought one lately? Boy, they're expensive. And uh, they don't live forever, do they? Well, ours is, uh, you know, they're a senior. <laughs> a senior with gray hair. And nothing wrong with gray hair, by the way. Um, well, we, we have to hurry up here. I want to, um, I want to kind of cut to the chase that the ultimate purpose of, of missions program in our church is not just for raising money so that missionaries can go and live in a foreign land. That's, that's not it. And if that's all you see, you're not seeing the whole picture. The whole picture involves God wanting the gospel message going to every human being. 7.8 billion people need to hear the gospel. And the way, the method that God has arranged is not using the angels. They could fly through all the earth with the gospel message. They could herald this thing far better than what we can. God has chosen his people. Us, saved people in local churches just like ours around the world. We are the ones to let our light shine and support missionaries who can go where we cannot go. The ultimate purpose of missions conference and missions program is so that missionaries can take the message of salvation to places we can't, to go to regions beyond where sometimes they've never even heard the name of Jesus. Um, upwards of a hundred years ago in the city of Toronto was a... a famous pastor named Oswald Smith. He's long since gone home to heaven. He started a church. He wanted to be a missionary and take the gospel around the world, but he couldn't do it because he had bad health and God was closing the doors. And so he determined he'd be a pastor of a church that could send and support missionaries. And he became very missions-minded, J. Oswald Smith and um, Oswald J. Smith. And uh, the church he started was called the People's Church in Toronto. And he said something back then, very interesting. He said these words, Why should the unsaved people of Canada hear the gospel two and three times while others in the world have never heard it once? Now that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Why should we be repeating the gospel over and over and over and over to people here in this country when there are so many other people that have never even heard the gospel once. That makes good sense. Now, a lot has changed in 100 years. Canada is not the same nation as it was 100 years ago. In fact, today, we are a nation of nations. It seems the world has come to us. Right here alone in the city of Surrey, a survey done about 12 years ago by the city of Surrey uh, to find out how many different mother tongues are spoken in the homes in which people live. And they found that there was over 100 different mother tongues spoken in this city alone. Now that's changed since. That number has grown. There are more languages being spoken here in Surrey than ever before. It's like the world has kind of come to us. There's people in our own city of Surrey that have never heard the gospel, not even once. This is our job, this is our mission field, is to try and reach them with the gospel. That's my goal, is to try and preach the gospel to 600,000 people of Surrey. That's my goal. I, I'm asking God to, to uh, allow us to see 10% of the city saved and fill up the churches and start new churches here in the city of Surrey. I want God to move the mountain. How about you? 
Folks, we need, we must get on board if we're going to reach our full potential for Christ. And so I ask you again, what is your desire? Do you want to reach your full potential as a Christian? Now listen, the honest truth is this. You can steer clear of me. You can steer clear of this church. But you can't steer clear of the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter where you go, you're not going to escape the Lord Jesus Christ. You can escape my preaching. You can find out what I'm going to preach on next Sunday and you can just stay away from church. Go someplace else. Do whatever you like so that you're not here when I preach on that subject. You have the freedom to do that. But you can't get away from Jesus Christ. You cannot escape His presence. And one day you'll stand before Him. Truth? Amen? One day, if you're saved, you'll stand before Him. And He's going to look to see if you've reached your full potential. And what will your answer be? It's not how much you give. It's not how well you can dance and sing. It's the fact that you're trying and you're trying to reach your full potential. That's the key. Are you even trying? And so my question is very simple. Do you want to reach your full potential as a Christian? Because if the answer is yes, then you need to be on board. You need to to, uh, get involved with faith promise. If you've never done it before, then your faith is going to be small. It's going to be weak. You have to understand that. You can't lift a thousand pounds yet. Maybe you can only lift two or three pounds. We'll start with that. Give $5 a week or something like that. $5 a week. Maybe by this time next year, your faith will have grown and you'll increase that to $20. One of our, our church members said to me last week, Pastor, this year I've doubled my faith promise missions offering. Isn't that exciting? That's exciting. If we just move a little rock, you know, once a day, in time we will have moved the mountain. Start today. The goal should be full potential. Just like the runners in that race up there. Full potential. Full potential. You want to reach your full potential for Christ. If you had money to invest, you gave $100,000 to an investment company, and they invested it, and you got 1% return on your money. And you said, hey, wait a minute, a friend of mine took 100000 and put it in that company, and they're getting 5%. How come I'm only getting 1%? And someone else said, hey, I invested my money in this company, I'm getting 10%. Now, I know those are crazy numbers these days, but there was a time where you could get 10% on your money. Nowadays, if they offer you 10%, you know, you might want to say, hey, what's going on? That looks a little skeptical. But you get the idea. If you were getting 1% on your money while your friend is getting 5%, would you be satisfied with that? Would you say, hey, well, hey investment company, why, why, why aren't you reaching the full potential with my investment money? Huh? You'd be concerned, wouldn't you? Your children, parents, your children, if they keep coming back with D's and F's on their report card, you'd say, well, something's not right here. Why aren't they, why aren't they doing a bit better in school? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you at least be concerned? Yes. 
What kind of report card are we getting in heaven with Jesus? Are we reaching our full potential? That's the question. And that's also the opportunity. You have an opportunity and you can start today. Maybe you are trying and maybe you are involved with faith promise and other things. Well, do you know that we grow from faith to faith? Ask God today to give you more faith. You haven't leveled off. You haven't done as much as you'll ever do. God can still bless you. You can do more for God. You can do more than you ever thought possible if you put it into God's hands. If you're not involved with faith promise or serving the Lord, get involved today. Tell the Lord you want to start reaching your full potential. You never know when he's going to call you home to heaven. You don't know how much time you got left. Maybe it's a year. Maybe it's 20 years. Maybe it's a month. You don't know. Get on board today. That's my suggestion. Do all you can to reach your full potential for Jesus Christ. You'll never regret it. For all eternity, you'll be very happy and satisfied. Let's stand to our feet, please. for a word.